This is the Kavnis HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Kavnis. Hello, and welcome to the Kavnis HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kavnis. Our guest today is Cecilia Clark. Cecilia, are you ready to be great today? Oh, every day, always ready. Cecilia, who actually goes by CC, is a talent acquisition manager at Nexop. CC began a career with Nexop in January 2016 as a talent acquisition coordinator. She was named to a current position in March 2017. CC is a native Galavistonian and proud Texan with a strong military and human resources background. She enlisted in the United States Army in April 2005, where she served multiple enlistments with both active and reserve components, including a year-long deployment to Iraq in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom. After serving over 10 years and earning the rank of Staff Sergeant, she received an honorable discharge in 2015. During her time in the service, she worked as a Bell 407 helicopter mechanic and then transitioned to working full-time as a human resources manager. Attending college throughout the latter part of her military service, she graduated magna cum laude from the University of Phoenix with a Bachelor's of Science in Accounting. She also finished a graduate level certificate in human resource management in 2015. Then she proceeded to finish her master's in business administration at the University of Houston downtown with a concentration in human resource management and business development. After leaving active duty, she was employed by Voyig, a talent acquisition and talent management consulting firm, where she worked as a talent acquisition consultant, consultant providing veteran recruiting and social media branding strategies for the company's clients. While volunteering for the Lone Star Veterans Association as a resume writing expert, she found a calling in assisting other veterans to find rewarding careers. Cece, thank you for what you're doing with veterans. You're definitely doing a lot. So I want to turn over to you now. Talk about a little bit what you're doing right now. All right. Well, awesome. I'm, again, you know, I'm a talent acquisition manager. And my biggest job is to connect companies that want to hire veterans. And there's tons of companies out there that, you know, have that real calling and understand the, the value that veterans bring. And I connect them with veterans who, you know, are currently looking. And there's, it's, it's kind of amazing how many are out there just not being able to find that that particular career that that career that's right for each one of them. So I, I spend a lot of time, you know, I, I do a lot of career career counseling still. Like we go over their background, what they want to do, what they're passionate about. Cause when you're able to really match what someone's passionate about with their career. I mean, you, you don't have to worry about training. You don't have to worry about motivating them because they do that all on their own. So that's that's a lot of what I do is 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 matching the passion with um, what companies are looking for right now. Yes. So there's a lot of companies out there that say, you know, they'll say our goal is to hire 20,000 veterans in two years, but they never come back and say, well, we actually hired this many veterans. Why is that? You have to understand this, that at the end of the day, companies have to stay profitable. And, and I understand, you know, everybody's like, hey, you know, they're saying they want to hire so many veterans. But for, I can give you a great example. We're currently working with a major oil and gas company, and they're, they're looking for field service technicians uh, for an apprenticeship program. Let me tell you, putting together an apprenticeship program, a recruiting program, having an entire veteran recruiting team, along with reaching out to other organizations, all that, at the end of the day, costs money. They're spending a lot of money, a lot of resources, in other words, um, big investment into you know getting these veterans. But you have to understand, just like 
people. People are people after all. And it takes a special person to be able to, you know, do the work that's necessary out there. And as a field technician, you have to have a a maintenance and a mechanical aptitude to be able to pick up um, what it is that these guys need you to do, you know, quickly, which is the reason why sometimes there is definitely a disconnect because, you know, uh, companies, when, when they want to go out there and, and they want to, you know, hire a lot of veterans, at the end of the day, you have to understand that our, the veteran population compared to the entire workforce is very small. So, I mean, they can hire a lot of recruiters, they can have an entire department, they can reach out to a lot of companies, but they, they still need to have, you know, specific skill sets. Like, for example, you're not going to sit here and put someone who is an HR admin or an IT guy out there doing field work. I mean, I, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, I was a banker. I was a banker before I joined the army and became a helicopter mechanic, but it took the army 90 days, actually more like 12 months to get me to be able to really feel comfortable and know how to do, you know, maintenance correctly. And, and a lot of times companies, they need you to come in they need you to hit the, the ground running and get, get going. That's where it is. You bring up a good point. I mean, all these companies want to hire veterans, but the, the things most veterans don't realize is you, you have to prove that you're going to bring value and increase their profit margin. They're not going to say, you know, hiring you for the hiring you case. You got to be able to add to the profit value, profit margin. And I believe that's what the biggest um, problem is as well, is that it's very difficult for veterans to articulate their value. I mean, if you sit down and think about how the military is set up, Let's take the army, for example. Well, of course, I'm army, so I should know that the army, they don't develop technicians. They don't develop medics. They don't develop clerks. They develop leaders, leaders who will always be a part of a team, a team that gets larger and larger as you know, you grow within the rank structure. And going from the, we did this, the we team, we and the team mentality to, I accomplished this, it, it's difficult. And we have our own language. We have our own jargon. We, we speak a different language. So it, it's difficult to take what we did in the military and really articulate how we can bring value and be a positive and impactful force within, you know, a company. That's, and it's very tough to overcome because, you, like you say, you're just saying, my team did this, did this. We're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're foreign to say, I did this. And yes, you have to do when you look for a job. It's so hard, you know, it's hard to brag about yourself coming it's from the just- Army. It is, it, it, and I honestly, you know, I, I've recruited both veterans and, and non-veterans as well. And I think it's something that all candidates have a hard time doing. It's hard to sit down and write a bullet. What it is that you need to be able to, you know, get that peak, that recruiter's attention, that, you know, hiring managers tend to pick up and get on the phone with you. It's hard to write a bullet that talks about your value, what problems you solved, what action you took, and what was the results. It, it's hard. I mean, not many people don't know how to, you know, take what they did, their results and quantify it, putting in a number that civilians understand. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, organizations like Next Stop and uh, some of the other, you know, nonprofits that have experts who they're recruiting who are able to ta- translate their skill set and do that, make that translation, which is why, you know, we're so important out there. We are here to help. So do you all just focus on the Houston area or your statewide, nationwide? 
Well, it's it's funny actually because we're, we're when I'm telling you we're we're small team. I'm telling you like we're small, like we're under ten. And started off back in 2015. Two of our founders say they got together and they say we want to help our guys, our veterans coming out. And we start off in Houston, but we've been able to make connections with some of the major companies, you know, KBR, some of them, PCL Construction, and a few others. And these guys are are nationwide. I mean, I have opportunities all over the country. I even have opportunities overseas right now that I'm able to connect veterans with. So yes, we are mainly in Houston. Majority of our candidates are in Houston, but we have a pretty, pretty large reach. How does a veteran find out about NextOp? All right. So let's talk about how it is so people know who we are. Honestly, first of all, the way that it started is word of mouth. When we, have a, when we help a veteran out or a transitioning service member and they get a good job, they get a good career started, they tell their friends, 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 their friends so forth and so on. And they that's how they find out about us. They find out about that about us through other veterans. We also do a lot of, um, we do go to uh, Fort Hood, Fort Polk, Fort Sam Houston, Fort Bliss. We go to their, uh, their career fairs as well. But the easiest way of getting a hold of us is all you have to do is go on Google and look up Next Up, N-E-X-T-O-P-Vets, dot org, and you will find us right there on the internet. You can even go in, check us out, find, look, find out more about our team. You can look at all of our opportunities and you can, you know, just look, look at our blogs. We're, we're constantly blogging, trying to get as much, you know, information as we can to, to educate. Next, can you talk about social media branding? This is one area I think most veterans need a lot of help with. All right. Well, I know I can tell you so many examples. For example, the Nick Tran. Nick Tran, he's currently working for Slumberger. He got his start through social media. Social media, especially LinkedIn. Majority of recruiters are on LinkedIn. When you, when you apply online, let's say you're applying for an HR generalist position, and most recruiters will go on LinkedIn and check you out. If you are able to put, put forth a message that you're a professional, you're an expert in that in your field that you're trying to get into, that is what's going to make a difference. So what, what happens is if you're able to blog, if you're able to share content, if you're able to comment on other people's blogs or other people's articles and show show your expertise, you're going to be, you know, placed in that bucket, that subject matter expert bucket. Because th- the biggest thing is that, you know, in the military, we did more than just I was more than just a helicopter mechanic. I was more than a, than a counselor. You know, we were, we did evaluations, we did training, we did, you know, a little bit of finance, some counseling, some mentoring. But at the end of the day, companies need kings and queens in their field. They're not looking for someone that can do a little bit of everything. They want people experts in their particular field. So if it's HR, you know, you're looking about talent acquisition or talent develop or talent management or compensation and benefits. If you are an electrician, you know, they want someone that understands the difference between the power, that understands how to use the tools and, you know, a multimeter, knows the difference between high, low and medium voltage. So, I mean, that's, that's what it is. Make sure that your message is clear and constant throughout. Yes. And I'm actually talking to Nick next month also. Nick Tran. All right. He was, we actually did a workshop together yesterday on LinkedIn social media branding. So that was fun. Good. So next, I saw the stat uh, maybe a couple years ago in Army Times where I don't know how accurate this is, but the stat said that 80% of veterans leave two jobs in two years. Have you heard this stat before? And is this true? Or what do you think about this stat? To be honest, I, I feel that it, it can be true. A lot of times it is true. And you have to understand, I mean, when a veteran leaves the military, you know, we, we 
we go to career fairs. We, we go a little to soldier for life and the, the transition centers. And we feel that, you know, it's going to be easy for us to find work. It's not. It, it's hard. It's difficult because you have to network. You have to know about the opportunities. A lot of the, oppor- the best opportunities out there for us are not on Indeed. They're not on Career Builder. They're not on Monster. They're they go to organizations like ours. We can make the connection. And a lot of times it's because, you know, they, they find work because most veterans are committed. They're committed and they're hard workers and they have to take care of their family. So they're going to take that, that first opportunity. And sometimes it's because they just don't know where to go. And that's why they, they start off at one company and they realize, you know, maybe this isn't the one for me. And until they are able to sit down and really talk to a professional that understands it's able to connect the dots between what they did, what they want to do, and where it is that they want to do with their careers. That is when they're able to get a win and they're going to be able to find that one opportunity with that one great company that's going to be able to help them grow internally. That's a great point. I'm sure some veterans, you know, based on economic situation, they, take, they have to take the first job they get, you know. So unfortunately, that's a very good point. So next, Talks about a talent you've been successful in the past, what you learned from the success and what we can learn from the success. There's one thing that I learned is, you know, you, you can't be scared. And at transition and out of the military for me was tough. And, you know, a lot of people wait till they're 90 days out. I actually started 24 months out before. 24, I started planning my transition from the military two years before I started. I knew that I wanted to go into HR because I was, uh, you know, in HR in the military at the time and I loved it. So I, that's when I finished my, I knew I had to finish my bachelor's degree. So I finished my, my accounting degree. I got my HR certification so I could get, I could learn the labor laws. I could understand and speak civilian HR. And another thing that I discovered is LinkedIn. So I was, my last 12 months, I was out in Korea at the time, South Korea, and I went on LinkedIn and I started searching for any veteran that was currently in the role that I wanted to be in five years after I was in. I started, I sent out LinkedIn messages, I sent out emails, and what I did is I actually was very particular with what I said. I looked on their background. I looked to see if there was any connection. Did we serve in the same place? Were we in the same branch? You know, did, were they in the city that I've ever been stationed in? And eventually, 50, 60 emails later, I connected with one mentor. His name is Dan. And he, we talked. It was three o'clock in the morning in my end. Let me tell you, it was not easy. Rex had to be up by six, six o'clock to go to PT in the morning. We, we talked on the phone for an hour. He told me he was going to do what he could to help me. He told me to connect with three other people. One of the persons he told me to connect with was John, John Malia, who is uh, one of the founders of the Winter Warrior Project, sent him a message and never heard from him. Uh, he never emailed me back, but he did one better. He was currently working with um, Jessica Nelson with Voyage and the president of the company at the time. And she sent me a LinkedIn connection request. I accepted her connection request. 30 seconds later, I sent her a message. I didn't ask her for work. I did not ask her to help me out. I said, hi, how are you? My name is Cecilia and I am transitioning, but I just want to let you know if you ever have any questions or need any assistance with better recruiting, let me know because I know and I understand them. From that, we got on the phone. We did three Skype interviews with him, with her and her staff. And I had an offer in hand six months before I was due to get out. And that to me was what set me up with, with success ever since I left the military. 
That's a great story. And I think the lesson is that you invested time in doing the right things. I mean, a lot of people, they, they get networking more, they'll send an email or a LinkedIn message. I'm so-and-so, I need a job or how can you help me? And you got to provide value and you got to show a connection, you know, and you do it the right way. I think that's a very good story for our listeners. No, I, I think that what, what happens a lot of times is we, we are so, when we're, in, when we're in a position where we need work, we, we go out there and we, we ask, we ask and we ask. And what happens is you get more when you give first. Exactly. So next, talk about a time you failed, what you learned from this and what we can learn from this. Oh my goodness. So here I was, 2011, Fort Eustis, Virginia. I'll never forget. I was going to a, a leadership, senior leadership course and only female. I was, you know, first in my class. I was about to be distinguished undergrad. We went to an obstacle course. Let me tell you, not only was I only the female, I was probably a foot shorter than everybody else. And I see that there's this obstacle course and I looked out probably 15, 20 feet above me. Everybody was climbing up and, and going across the log. I mean, I, I was scared, but I wasn't going to let anybody tell me no. So I started climbing and you know, a little bit on the arrogant side, woman, me, I could do anything. Number one in the class, I was crawling across the log. And next thing I know, I lost my balance, fell 15 feet on the ground, shattered my ankle. Wow. I was scared. And that the funniest thing of it all is I stood up. I'm okay. I'm nothing happened. I'm, I'm good to go. Uh, uh, of course. It is okay. I <laughs> <laughs> it's, the army, it's the army way. Oh, trust me. There's no such thing as failure. I mean, I, next thing I know, I, the leadership was like, you need to stop walking and do not like, open up your foot, you know, open up your boot. And I didn't. And then they were like, do we need to take you to the yard? I'm like, no, we don't. We're good. Let me walk it off. They made me go. And that's when I got there and they took my, my boot off. I mean, I shattered my ankle. I had to go into surgery. I mean, you still see the big old scar. And what I, you know, what I learned is you, there are times when you just have to know what your limitations are. I should have been strong enough and had the personal courage to know that I just couldn't do that. I mean, it, it's hard. I think the hardest thing is, you know, seeing an obstacle and learning when it is better to go around it than go on top of it. It's the army way. Everyone's done. Everyone's been there, done that army, you know, uh, oh, I I know I do this. my body's saying don't do this, but I have to do this. Oh, I know it. Trust me. I know. And I, I think it's a good value. Definitely one of those values that we have that can definitely, you know, it, it can be our competitive advantage. But at the same time, you know, that, you know, can't do anything out of it. It sometimes gets in the way because we're unable to say no. It's yes. hard. Next, you already talked about this a little bit, but expand some more on how you add value and help solve problems. All right. One, one of the things that you have to say is I'm a numbers person. All right. I've always been, I mean, come on accounting degree who does that who does that in hr i am that kind of person that loves to connect analytics data and connect that with uh, human human resources and workforce and, and why is that i mean you could have to stand and think about it you cannot manage what you can't measure how can you manage and know that something's be successful if you do not know how to measure it. And I think that's one of those things that I've always been able to, you know, help companies with and, and other candidates with and pretty much my coworkers and my team members all the time because I'm like, you, you give me a problem, figure out a way that we can measure where we are, the results, and if we're doing better, worse, or what we can do to help out. 
So that that's been that's was definitely been one of my my biggest values is being able to connect the dots and connect analytics data with HR. That's great. Next, you already talked about a couple of these people already, but talk about somebody who's helped in the past and how they helped you. Oh my goodness! There's one person that I can say has definitely helped me. It would have to be, you know, a, a combination. All right. So you know, of course, my family. All right. Having the support of your family, that it will, somebody that you know will always be there for you. That will push you to make sure you finish that degree. Because trust me, you know, when you're deployed, I, I was doing my, my degree while I was deployed overseas. I mean, I worked 12 hours, 12 hours straight, seven days a week. Who wants to go home and go back to our little bunker and go to do, go to do school? And who did I have to thank for that? My husband pushed me along the way and she'd, he'd always sit me down. He's like, Cece, I know you're tired. I know you're hungry. I know you want to sleep. You need to finish this. My, my husband's definitely helped me, always been truthful with me. And then having the family support, especially when you're talking about making a move or pursuing a new career, is, will make the difference between failing and succeeding every time. So next, so tell us what you miss about the military and what you don't miss about the military. What I don't miss about the military is having to get up at 6.30 in the morning and have to do physical activity every day. You'd be surprised. I'm like, I, I know I need to get out. Like I, I am in my office right now staring at the treadmill, but because I know that it's something that I have to do and I've been able, I'm able to do it at my own time, it, it makes me feel better. But when you're like told you have to do that, you start to hate it. And that's what I don't miss, not having to get up in the morning, not, not having to do certain things. What I do miss the most is that large group of people that you work with that become more than just your coworker. They're more than you just your peer next to you or your leader, and they, they become real family. We, I never had to worry about, you know, will this person help me or will I be able to help them? Will they come to me if they ever need anything? I, I knew it. That's how we were. We're always a team and we'd always be family. Yeah, that's one part I miss too. Like a civilian job, like five o'clock comes, hey, see the monitors, you know. You know, in the military, like you're getting invited to birthday parties, you're doing stuff on the weekend. Is this a different animal? Oh, for sure. For sure. And the thing is this, I'm like, even now, even now being in the military, you know, being a veteran, it doesn't matter. Coast Guard, National Guard, Reserve, Marine or Air Force or Army. When you know you meet someone else that's also a veteran, that's like an immediate connection. We are friends and we're friends because we both served. Yes. Next, tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. So your, your husband, close family, close friends, <laughs> but something most people around you don't know. Oh my goodness. That's, that's a tough one. It's kind of like, oh, let everybody know that. Well, I, I love to write. I, I love to just sit down and, and just write. I have, I have notebooks. I have these project planners and I write everything. I write everything down. I have a new project. I write down the plans. I write down the results. I write down what I could do better because as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter how old you are or how senior you, you get within, your, within the ranks, within the company structure, you, you always have to work harder and grow yourself. And being able to look back and, and see all the projects that I have completed and being able to see the results and being able to know that you've made a good impact, it, it helps. It, it helps keep you going and motivate you to become better. 
So CC, what kind of end of our talk? Can you pass on some of your social media platforms so people can reach out to you? Oh yeah. So I am definitely on LinkedIn. So if all you have to do is look me up, my name is Cecilia Clark. That's C E C I L I A Clark C L A R K. And of course, I'm on Twitter, and Twitter is definitely you know I think it's a very underutilized platform. And I am at at Cecilia Clark nine two three. And that's me. And for listeners, all these links from our show notes. For CC, do y'all do anything on Instagram or Snapchat or any of the other channels? Or maybe LinkedIn? Oh, of course. We are all over. Next Stop is everywhere. We have, all you have to do is look us up at Next Stop, Next Stop Veterans, Next Stop Inc. And you will find us there too. So all you have to do is type in N-E-X-T-O-P and you will find us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We are on Instagram and also, of course, on LinkedIn. Yes. So CC, we'll come to the end of our talk. Any last words of wisdom or advice you can pass on to our listeners? I, I feel that if there's one thing that I can say is don't ever underestimate yourself and do not ever judge someone before you get to know them. I've been happily surprised and when, with people. When you are open-minded, and you are open with your heart and you give someone a challenge, you'd, you'd be surprised what they come up with. So, Cece, thank you for being our guest on our podcast today. We really appreciate you. You give a lot of value, a lot of great wisdom to our listeners. We really appreciate it. To our listeners, thank you for listening again. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Cadmus HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit CadmusHR.com or connect to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cadmus HR or Jason Cadmus HR on Snapchat. Thanks again and be great every day.